This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Regional Roundup with Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent with The Straits Times on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. Time now for a regional roundup with Leslie Lopez. We are looking at Malaysia dominating the headlines again over the past week. It all started with their Prime Minister Maiden Yassin taking a rather bold move by postponing uh, his country's Monday special parliament session. The reason, of course, the outbreak of COVID-19 cases. And now, of course, uh, Pierre Mahidin is facing uh, the music and you know, probably the biggest blow for him came yesterday when Malaysia's largest political party, UMNO, said it's retracting support for the ruling coalition shortly after one of its lawmakers resigned as a minister. Um, you can uh, catch up on that story on the front page of the Straits Times this morning. Uh, the question, though, how long can PM Mohidin keep up with this game in that sense? Uh, plus, uh, after U.S. Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman paid a visit to Indonesia, Cambodia and Thailand in late May and June, Southeast Asia is now witnessing a bit of a comeback of the United States. Uh, you remember back in July, U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin conducted a visit to Singapore, Vietnam and the Philippines. And every day this week, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken will be virtually meeting with Southeast Asian officials. Even U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris will be visiting Singapore and Vietnam in about two weeks' time. That should be quite interesting. So what's the agenda for American politics here in the region? And this whole America is back message that seems to be coming about. Let's find out more from uh, Street Times Regional Correspondent Leslie Lopez. Leslie, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing good. And I, you? I am I'm doing not too bad, not too bad. Fully vaccinated, by the way. I'm ready. Uh, yeah. Same here. <laughs> we are all right. That beer session <laughs> is coming very, very soon, my friend. Okay, uh, unfortunately, this morning is a bit of a Malaysia roundup instead of a regional roundup. We've got the yep. special parliament sitting on Monday. That's been postponed to September. The reason, of course, the outbreak of COVID cases. Let's really dive into this issue that PM Mohidin is facing. I mean, there are now repeated calls for him to resign. Is all of this postponement part of a game plan to sort of delay the, dare I say, inevitable? Well, you know, I think today is going to be very, very crucial. Whether Mohidin stays or leaves, the odds of him being able to cling on to power appear very, very bleak. I think a number of things, um, you know, that what happened yesterday, he's clearly lost his majority. We've got Amno that is split right down the middle with some factions withdrawing their support. But clearly there are members of the cabinet that remain in Amno members in the cabinet. What do they do now? Do they completely pull out from the, uh, from the cabinet? Which would mean Muhyiddin loses more support. So I think what we're going to see is now, today, especially because of Wednesday being the weekly cabinet session and Muhyiddin is typically called to have an audience with the king before the cabinet meeting. question is, does he get the audience given the uh, growing tensions between the palace and the prime minister? Mm. Uh, what we are watching for, I would think, would be will the king, either Muhyiddin must quickly show that he still commands a majority following the plot by Amno. If failing to do so, the king can then, given that parliament is not in session, either ask him to demonstrate that or uh, request that he resigns 
and then under the constitution turn to whoever that may enjoy a majority currently and ask that person to basically form a new government so and cobble a majority together so today is going to be i think fast paced going to be interesting you guys who want to keep look out you know on, on updates on the straight science website it's going to be a bit of a uh, roller coaster ride actually. Oh gosh! I mean, from young, I've I've <laughs> always thought of Malaysian politics that way. But but you know, it, it it really makes for good historical study, and this will be historic. I'm not sure if it's correct to ask whether he can regain that support in such short notice. Because at the same time, what hap- what happens when Prime Minister Malaysia loses favour with the king, and then right now, uh, Leslie, and I'm sorry to combine so many questions into one. Who stands a chance of, of taking over that role if Mohidin is made to step down? Well, you know, at this point in time, the person who commands the largest, single largest block with a uh, group of parties is Anwar Ibrahim. Mm. His PH block controls 98. Okay, 98. So the, the question is whether the East Malaysian parties, that uh, one, one large block, which is the Sarawak parties, which command about 18 seats, decide to go with the Pakatan Harapan government. And should that happen together with a few other couples and the Amnor 11, Anwar will secure the majority. That's the big question today. Okay. Will, this, will, will this man that's, uh, who's been, who was sacked in 98, eyeing the premiership for a long time, denied through jail sentences and everything else, get the top job? Right. That will be a huge thing should that happen. The prospect of, you know, Amno becoming prime minister, I think is difficult because the party today is is split. So it doesn't mm. really have a collective majority. Yesterday we saw Amno has 38 seats in parliament. We saw 12, at least now the rumor, the word is that 14 people have withdrawn their support for uh, Muhyiddin, leaving, that means, a block of only 24 well, that may be aligned with PM. That certainly is not, it is very unlikely that the king will turn to that faction to ask them to, you know, try and see whether they can form government. So, and I think the, the crucial thing to understand is that, you know, we go back to the 2018 election, Amno was the one that was kicked out. Yes. So this, this is not the government that Malaysians voted for. Yes. I think that, that needs to be, you know, that needs to be completely understood, actually. So the interesting thing also will be, you know, the kind of role the king and his brother rulers will play. Mm. You know, everyone is looking to them to, you know, bring an end to this political instability try and get something uh, good going because, you know, the lockdowns, you know, businesses, the economy has been closed down for almost eight weeks now, you know. Yeah, so yeah. this thing cannot go on, you know, right? We cannot go on. So I think everyone will be glued to the news today to see what's happening. And before the day is out, we'll probably have an indication whether what kind of government we're going to get in Malaysia. Well, I can imagine if Anwar gets it, the headline has to be finally dot, dot, dot. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. <laughs> but a bit of a twist, right? Because Mate Muhammad is not out of the picture yet. Apparently, he and Anwar Ibrahim have uh, talked about putting aside their differences to try and get Mohidin out or indicating that they're trying to get Mohidin out and get Parliament going again and, and get that economy going again. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this potential relationship? You know, you know, I, I really don't think there's much going on there. You know, uh, the notion that they may have 
come together surfaced on Monday when, you know, uh, Anwar led the opposition uh, over 107 members of parliament uh, to march towards parliament house and they were stopped by the police and Federal Reserve units. Mahathir was there, was there too and they made several statements, public statements, just outside the grounds of the parliament. So suggesting that they, they set aside their differences, I don't think there's any kind of uh, reproachment at all between these two. I think the, the wounds are too deep. And, uh, you know, Mahathir commands a very, only few MPs, I think less than four, I think, at this point. So there's, he's really not someone who can bring much to the party at this point, you know. I don't think he's going to figure prominently in this thing, apart from the fact maybe that you know he'll, it'll be interesting to see whether he throws the you know the support of his Pajuang party mm. together with Anwar. So we'll see about that. But I don't think he's going to be a major figure in this in this. Uh, latest twist in Malaysia's political saga. Okay, well, no no surprises from Mahathir this time, because you never know with him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Let, let's talk about something happier. Um, the, the U.S. interest in Southeast Asia. We've got U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken uh, meeting virtually with Southeast Asian officials every day this week. Even our Prime Minister Lee Sin Lung has said that visits by top U.S. leaders, you know, the likes of uh, Vice President, U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris, uh, trip to Singapore and Vietnam in about a fortnight. That shows that this area is greatly valued and the United States is investing bandwidth and resources into the region. Uh, what can you tell, tell us about this uh, latest America is back impression that they're giving? Well, you know, I, I think this, this clearly is the new position of the United States, especially after the Trump administration, which kind of, you know, became kind of insular and didn't think very much of, especially Asia, but clearly the, the Biden administration is looking at things differently. It wants to wants to get for the U.S. to play a bigger role, not just, you know, I think the Secretary Blinken uh, will raise important, you know, bold actions to address climate crisis. They're talking about, you know, defense of freedom of the seas, clearly, which automatically refers to what's happening in South China Sea and China's growing role in this. So clearly the U.S. today feels that it cannot ignore, it cannot ignore this region. ASEAN will be a very, very crucial group that it will choose to have dialogues with. And I think this is, this is going to be good, you know, because this is what we need. We need both if ASEAN actually can play a role, as Prime Minister Lung said that, you know, to get U.S. and China to lower down the decibels and actually start working together towards some kind of cooperation, it will be good. Yeah. You know, there's all to benefit from this. And I think the fact that the U.S. is back here allows groups like ASEAN to play a more effective role in this. So we'll be seeing a lot of stories on that front too, you know. Fantastic. Been speaking with Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times. Leslie, appreciate your time as always. Take care and stay safe. Thank you, Ben. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.